0: Let's start today's episode off with two truths and a lie. Syracuse knocks off a top 25 team. Their postseason hopes have finally come to a close. And Jesse Edwards hit a three-point basket. Let's have some fun. It's Locked On Syracuse Wednesday. Let's get right after it. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. And thank you for making Syracuse or Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. We're playing two truths and a lie. Syracuse knocks off a top 25 team. Jesse Edwards hits a three, and Syracuse's postseason hopes have finally come to a close. I'll tell you what, Jesse Edwards being the three ball, that is not a lie. Either is Syracuse knocking off a top 25 team. The lie is that their postseason hopes have come to a close. The postseason hopes are still hanging on. You would have thought that they would finally have fallen off and been knocked off and not be there. Not in this conversation, but they're doing just enough. To stay alive, it is very much still an outside shot, but they are alive and they are playing their best basketball of the season. Syracuse knocks off number 23 NC State in the dome. Close one came down to the wire and it was awesome to see. They end up winning by three, 75 72. When Syracuse struggled in the first half, but had a strong close in the probably last seven or eight minutes of the 1 H, went into the breakup a couple of points came into the second half, played some good basketball, and then NC State pried back. You started to see Traquavion Smith get going. You were worried. You didn't know if Syracuse could do it. I tweeted it. I was paranoid. I was so all over the place watching this game. Are they going to do it again? They did it against Miami. They did it against Virginia. They did it against UNC. They've been in the position where they had a lead with a chance for a resume-building victory, and they fell short. They couldn't quite close it out. And NC State took the lead in this game and got up three. And I think everyone had that, okay, here we go again feeling, but not this time. Syracuse fought back, hit some big shots. Jesse Edwards stepped it up down the stretch. This team played solid. They hit their free throws, and they get a big defensive stop to close this one out. Walk out with their best win of the season so far, and it is incredibly Necessary, And it brings up the conversation right now, and that's sort of where we'll start, I guess, for a little bit today, is where does Syracuse sit? At this point in time, they are doing okay. They're not quite what you were hoping, but they're alive. They're 16 and 10 on the year. They've got five games left, one quad one at this point in time, and a couple of quad two slash three games Uh, that are fringe quad 2 slash 3, and maybe one that could push into a quad 1. I'll tell you what, if you are a Syracuse fan right now, you root for NC State the rest of the way because they are in decent shape. They're playing some good basketball, uh, and that would make this the possibility of a quad 1 win and Syracuse's first quad 1 win of the year. Right now it's quad 2, but Syracuse needs to do a little bit. Probably four of the five to close it out here and then win a game or two in the AC tournament. They're not dead. They are still keeping themselves alive. They're still pressing on uh, and and staying forward, staying in it for one more week, one more game at a time, I guess. And you'll take it if you're Syracuse, because I think a month or so ago, uh, myself included, might've wrote this team off. Didn't think they quite had what it takes to do things this year. And they're starting to figure it out. They're playing good basketball. This is not an NC State team that that should be looked over. And Jim Beheim talked about it post-game. It's a state team that is winning basketball games right now. They have one of the best trios of guards uh, in the ACC, and they play at a very high level. And right now, as well, when you look at this team for NC State, they're they're getting guys back, right? This is a team that has been struggling a little bit, and they, and they bring guys back, and they're starting to get healthy again I think it was Clark is back for just his second game from returning from injury. Uh, so this is a team that is getting better in NC State and a team that, you know, is by no means uh, the just, a, oh, their record was okay, so they're a ranked team. This is a ranked team because this is a good basketball team. They are very much still on the rise and I think have a ton of potential down the stretch this year. This is a very, very important win for Syracuse. It shows that they can finally, close the game out it shows that they can beat and compete with any team in this ACC right now and they continue to show that and they continue to fight and to walk away on the winning side of things in this game is absolutely massive and it's something that I don't think everyone was expecting or looking to see today I know I predicted uh on our episode yesterday that this was a game that Syracuse can compete in and be close but I didn't quite think they had enough to knock off NC State. Syracuse technically in Vegas was favored in this game. They were minus one uh, going into this one. Uh, And they come out with a huge win. It's their biggest win of the year and is something that Syracuse can 1,000% build upon. This game was crazy. It really was just a chaotic game and something that I I think a lot of times there were a a handful of instances where I, I was ready to turn it off and I was ready to write this game off uh, that 9-0 stretch in the first half where Syracuse looked terrible. I think Benny Williams was in, maybe missed a rotation or two. Uh, NC State gets on a run, gets going, starts to flow, gets out seven or eight points or gets up seven or eight points. I was like, all right, this was uh, this was a fun one for, I don't know, a few possessions. It's over. It's done. We're done with this game. No need to talk about it. I thought it was going to be the the sort of repeat of Virginia Tech from a couple of weeks ago. But Syracuse had a tremendous close to this first half and carried that momentum through most of the second half. Played a really, really solid game. And I believe it is the first time this season where Syracuse has had all five players, or the first time in conference play at least, I can say confidently. I believe the first time in conference play that Syracuse has had all five of their starters finish in double figures. It was really good. Um, Malik Brown with a very quiet double figures today. Chris Bell. Shot the ball well early, was not as efficient as I thought he could have been shooting, but I think he is definitely starting to get it a little bit more. Gerard did his thing, got his uh, double figures. Jesse comes in. He struggled in the first half. I think he just had five in the 1-H and was able to finish the day with 18 and 16. He was a menace on the boards. Uh, Felt like he was just tipping the ball out, doing everything he could, battling. We'll talk about that in a little bit even more. Uh, and then Judah Mintz as well. This was a game where your team played good basketball and, and things looked really smooth. And And Judah was efficient today. Seven of 12. Uh, hit a three. Was five for five from the foul line, which was huge. Uh, and Syracuse closes this one out. This is a big win. This is a win that you are going to look back on. And, and like uh, it's going to age, I think, even better than it could be right now. That win could improve to a quad one win. Uh, if you look at what NC state has the rest of the year, let's take a quick look. Uh, they got a good stretch. If I remember, yeah, they go to North care or, or they play North Carolina and wake at home as well as Clemson. And then they close the year with Duke on the road. Um, so they, this is a, a North Carolina or an NC state team that that has the potential to improve in terms of wins. If they can finish out the year on a nice stretch, which I think they very much have the team and potential to pull off. So uh, a lot to talk about still. We'll talk about you know Jesse's performance, Judah's performance, because these are guys that are starting to establish themselves and have really refined their games in the last couple of weeks. But before that, let's talk about FanDuel here at Locked On Sports. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. There's your money line bet. I'm, I'm not a huge NBA bettor, uh, but I, I like to stick to spread money lines. But they do have a ton of fun stuff in there with their player props. Uh, first basket scores. You know, I'm a sucker for a first basket or a first touchdown score. And then exclusive plat- bets like the two by three, which is two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Rip it off like a band aid, have a little bit of fun, uh, and get that bet solved immediately. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash locked On to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so this is a game where Syracuse had its ups and downs, and a lot happened, and I was very worried, especially in that first half. Jesse Edwards didn't have the best first half. Seemed like he was leaving a lot short, wasn't quite able to finish things off. Judah scoring-wise, not an incredible first half. This team had a lapse of almost six minutes without a made basket in the first half. It was ugly for a little bit, but they refined. They figured some things out, and they closed this game out in what is, right now, the marquee victory on Syracuse's schedule and Syracuse's resume. Would you still like that to improve? A thousand percent. But right now, that is the quality victory that Syracuse has on the resume. They need to string a few more, but that is something uh, to build off of and to move forward from. And they are building. They're getting there. They're playing better basketball. They're playing close games. They are competing. But what can they do from this point on? Can they finish out these last five games as strong as you want them to? Uh, I think they have the potential to. I think they can. That's going to be a conversation for another time to elaborate on. Today I want to talk about Jesse Edwards uh, to start things off because Jesse uh, had an interesting matchup to start uh, as he you know squares up against uh, a DJ burns who is an absolute unit and uh, Bayheim compared him to Zach Randolph after the game and, and talking just about that pure size and this guy I mean burns is an absolute tank down there which is just a completely different Sort of battle that Jesse had been used to, uh, where you think of the the recent games where he battles against Quentin Post, who who's a big guy in terms of height, and you think of uh, oh his name is slipping me, the guy from Florida State, uh, the 7'4 kid. Give me a second, it'll get to me. Uh, who you know started off really really solid, uh, and then was able to figure it out. But he's it's back to back games where Syracuse is playing against uh, guys that are really not that great or not that big in terms of, you know, size, size, but height Uh, McLeod, uh, I believe, right. It was McLeod was the name uh, for Florida state. So you got McLeod and then post. So Jesse's playing against height. This is a completely different big that he sizes up against. And they basically played one-on-one the whole night inside. Uh, This is a guy that's, you know, two seventy five with a lot of size and I'll say moves decent for, for his size. And early on in this game, uh he was an issue for Syracuse was was playing in the middle of the zone and distributing well out of there got them a dunk got them an open three uh and was really one of the biggest parts of their first half run to put NC state up uh like 6 or 7 points uh he was the the key to it and he was hitting shots and i think he had their first 5 points i uh, played a solid game and this is coming off a game where i believe he had 18 and 12 or something like that his last time out. this is a guy that you know has been stringing together quality games, and Syracuse gets him into foul trouble, which was huge. Uh, He picked up two, and then a frustration foul after a missed basket gives him the third, Uh, and then Jesse, down the stretch, takes a big-time charge to get Burns out of there. That was huge. Uh, And Jesse battled, and Jesse competed, and even in a game where Jesse struggled to get going, he worked it out. He figured things out, and he hit a ton of huge, Huge shot down the stretch for Syracuse. In- I don't think I can go a segment with into to this. A three-point make as time expired on the shot clock. Jesse Edwards now one for one on his career in three-point shooting. This was a fun game for him and a fun second half to watch him grind and watch him figure it out and then watch the confidence boost and see him get really into it and heated and celebrate and fist-pumping on his way out. Uh, to be able to get that confidence after a struggle uh, first half, not in terms of rebounding, he got his rebounds, uh, but in terms of offense and being able to score and looking confident and looking comfortable, it was good to see him pull that off. Next one, I mean, I want to talk about Judah Mintz again today. He has played a great stretch of second halves uh, where he hasn't played incredible in the first half and then comes out and competes in the second half and puts forth an incredible effort in scoring crazily in the second half, taking over games down the stretch. Today, it was similar in terms of scoring. Judah didn't have a gigantic first half scoring-wise, but what he did have today was six first half assists, which is exactly what you need out of a point guard in Judah Mintz, who, as we always forget, was a combo guard until this season and it is in year one of being a point guard. He is figuring it out. When it's not working scoring-wise and getting to the basket and finding your shot, you know, you missed a couple of mid-range jumpers early on. Got a little bit. uh, Got a few points in the first half for sure, but missed a few mid-range jumpers early on. How important is it for Judah to be able to distribute in those moments? And that is what he did. It was getting out in transition. There was a beautiful bounce pass to Malik Brown uh, where the composure was there. I felt like I wanted him to get rid of it. I was like, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, throw the ball, do something, do something. And he just stayed composed, held onto the ball just long enough. And it worked way better than I could have imagined on a bounce pass to Brown uh, for for a dunk in transition. He played a really, really solid first half for a point guard and playing in a more traditional point guard role. And then in the second half, he started to turn it on a little bit. He started to get to the rim with a little bit more ease. He was playing like that. It was fun to see. Uh, And I I am so happy for the kid to see the growth that he has had. I would love for him to figure out the shooting thing from three. He did hit his three today, uh, which was big and incredibly important. It tied the game up. Uh, Massive three for him in terms of stakes. Uh, The clutch factor was there. but the the three-point shooting might be the only thing that keeps him in orange. So I will take that as a silver lining because this is a guy that's projecting, you know, mid to late second rounds right now and has the potential to get even higher. Uh, so uh, he is fun to watch. Jim said after the game, you know, this is a kid that is as talented as any freshman in the country uh, or as talented as any freshman that you will see. Uh, he is playing outstanding right now and is at a level that I don't think I necessarily expected him to be at, which is really cool uh, and exciting and fun to watch because this team is starting to figure it out and catch its stride. Uh, A couple of more things before we take to Twitter and check out your thoughts on this game. Let's do a little box score recap uh, for this one. I can't go any further without shouting out Jerkel Joriner. The guy finished with a triple-double for NC State. It was the fifth one in the last uh, quarter century, 15 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. So good for you. Uh, that's pretty incredible to see that happen. Uh, but on the Syracuse side of things, uh, I liked what I saw from Malik Brown in terms of subtle on offense, just sort of did his thing, didn't do anything crazy, and does you know what he's doing. Uh, He gets easy baskets, they're putbacks, they're open dunks, they're open layups. And Tim Leonard talked about this on Twitter. Uh, Those of you who have been longtime listeners of the pod, Tim Leonard's talking about it and something that slipped my mind for a little bit. But when you scroll down and, and you take a look at the Ken Palm stats, when you get to Malik Brown's name, he is top 10 in the country in offensive efficiency rating. He is that efficient because that's the shot selection he gets, and he did it today, and i was they said he got double figures, and I was like, "No, he didn't, and I start thinking, and yeah, they're just quick, they're easy baskets, and he's not in your face about it. he just sort of does it uh and he got into double figures today. I look at the non starting five in this game, uh and this was a game where you know Syracuse's bench did not really show up. You look at the starters, Judah played 39, Jesse played 40, Joe Girard played 37, Bell played 34, and Malik Brown played 37. Benny Williams played a three-minute stretch where he struggled defensively despite making his only field goal of the day. Justin Taylor played six minutes, missed a shot from three, uh, did not, oh, he had a steal, uh, but was not really a factor after that. Simir Torrance today just did not have it. I don't know what was up with him, uh, but he played four minutes. He tried to posterize someone on a dunk, uh, which it's just not his game. Like get fouled, make a layup, take a layup, things like that. Uh, And took another tough shot, if I remember, and then tried to force an alley-oop pass that just looked hideous and bounced off the glass. He didn't seem to have that composure that he usually presents when he comes in. Uh, but fortunately for Syracuse, you know, Judah and Joe and basically that whole starting five played a really solid game in terms of composure, in terms of figuring things out and playing their game, which was really, really fun to see. All right, let's take a look over at the Twitter sphere uh, for future reference. If you want to get involved in this, feel free to tweet at us at. L-O underscore Syracuse over on Twitter. We try to get a little thread going after every game, get the conversation started, see what you all are thinking. Uh, So feel free. We always appreciate uh, any of the feedback and thoughts that you guys are given on this game. Uh, We'll start with John Wells, which I think is really the outlook that I have at this point in time. They're figuring things out, which is great to see. 100% agree. They are starting to get to a level where they're playing better basketball and they're getting more comfortable. And the offense is starting to flow a little bit. There are still some hideous possessions on offense and defense, but they're starting to get there and they're starting to get to uh, a point where I, I think anybody would agree that this is a team that can upset and compete with anybody in the ACC at this point in time. And that's not the highest bar at the way the ACC is playing right now, but I do think that is realistic, that they can compete with any team in the ACC, and for the most part they have right? Playing Miami really close, playing uh, UNC really close, playing Virginia really close. They can play and theoretically beat any team in the ACC at this point. Uh, So a good start. Dominic Valerietti, Jesse is a three-point shooter. I'm here for it. I love it. Ken Palm had a crazy stat the second he made that three, uh, that in the, I don't know, it was like 100 players in the last 20 seasons have had 400-plus two point field goal attempts and one three point attempt and they shoot 10% combined. So Jesse Edwards at a hundred percent. Uh, that's a big time. Only one in 10 guys are doing that at this point. Uh, what else do we got? If you don't succeed, try and try again, way to hold on and close this out. Yeah. I don't think I, I have many more try agains if they fell off and fell apart in this game. Uh, but they did, they kept it together. They won a close one. They hit their free throws. They got a big stop at the end. Uh, and they played solid. And even though they, you know, they allowed NC State to fight back, even though, you know, they're down three, they kept that composure. They played their game and they did a good job to fight back, stay under control, and not get that sometimes. And I don't want to bash Judah because he has now played uh a very big handful of games where he has closed out really well and hit huge clutch shots. But there were some moments early on, right, where Judah struggled in terms of forcing things and trying to play too fast in those moments, and they seemed much more relaxed, much more composed today. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Files, I believe. These guys and these fans needed a win like this, and they earned it. Personally think it's too little too late to build a tournament resume, but maybe this can spark a run. Who knows? Would love to see this team prove me wrong. Either way, nice job, boys. On to Duke. Uh, this is a much-needed win for a fan base that has dealt with a lot this year, right? The lost games where things were close. Uh, Bayheim comments. Bayheim has been cranky as ever this season. The fan base looking for something, something to celebrate, something to have some excitement, and this was the game that brought it. Really, really fun. Excited to see what happens. Can they make the tournament? Yes. How likely is it? Not very, but they keep it alive, and they start to build a bit more of a resume with a win tonight. I miss Marek Dolajai. I would pay a lot of money to hear the exchange between coaches at the end. Something tells me it wasn't rated PG. Freshmen had to figure out their role, and this team looks better every game. Uh, I think you nailed it. That exchange between Beheim and Keats there to finish this out was – it was interesting. Uh, I don't know what was said. It was not asked in the press conference to what I know – Uh, I have not seen anything about it yet, but it looked heated. And then all of a sudden they started laughing. So I'm not sure uh, what happened. I don't know where sort of things fell. Maybe they started uh, with a comment and then they both sort of quickly got into agreement about officiating or something like that. I don't know how you get from what looked really, really heated. And as you said, something that didn't necessarily look PG uh, and also how you then get to some smiles and some laughter's within about a 10 to 15 second window. Uh, it's something that, you know, is, is tough to see as a reporter there. You're not always looking at the handshake line. You're trying to get into, you know, the, the press room and, and get in for, for the presser, get everything set up. So you might not be looking at that, getting your stuff situated, ready, writing stories, whatever it might be. So easily could have just not been seen and then slips through, doesn't get asked in a press conference. Maybe it'll come up uh, in some conversations with Bayheim later in the week. Uh, but who knows? Cole Fluker, incoming ACC title, maybe. And then he goes in all serious. Though it was a sloppy game at points, and we still took down a top twenty-five opponent. This realistically could be a ranked team right now if it weren't for the tragic close games and Bad Bryant and Colgate losses. Very much so. I was talking about this uh, with my roommate after the game that this is a a scene right now where. Even I was saying, without uh flipping a Colgate or a Bryant, if Syracuse ended up on the right side of that Miami game, that North Carolina game, and that Virginia game, which I know was a massive ask. This is a ranked basketball team. they are you know that low twenties team, just like n c State is right now. It would have been a nineteen or they would have been eighteen and seven going into this game. With, what, only one loss in their last seven or eight games, really, really building momentum. Uh, But yeah, I think realistically, you flip one of those three losses and you don't lose to Bryant and the Colgate games. And you've now got a 19-7 and record winning all the games that you were supposed to win and losing games to teams that are good and teams that you're allowed to lose against. Uh, that's a very, very different resume uh, than what they have now and very much possibly a ranked basketball team uh, at that point in time. couple more before we close it out. Uh, shout out to Randolph for being at the game. Thank you for the picture. Thanks for letting us know you were there. Um, Nick says, one down. Lessons have been learned. This team can beat anybody. 100% agree. Uh, and this is the time of year and type of season they have to just keep winning. Not saying they will, but it feels good to finally get one and know that they can do this any and every game down the stretch. Yeah, I was just talking about that a little bit. It's a team with potential to beat any team that plays the rest of the season uh, in ACC play. So closing out the year, getting into the ACC tournament, this team has the ability to make a run. And at this point, it just comes down to will they do it and can they do it. Uh, Kyle Melcott, it finally feels like everyone's hitting their stride and their roles now just took arguably the longest of any squad in the past 25 years. It took a little bit. I don't know if it is as bad as any squad in the last 25 years, maybe who knows, Uh, but it took a long time for them to find their stride. And it seems like they're starting to get there. I think we have figured out that bell is going to be the guy that comes in or not comes in that does what you want him to do in that forward spot. Benny doesn't quite seem to have it. It's unfortunate. um, But, that is sort of where I see it right now, and I don't know if there's a fix because if there was a fix, I assume it would have started to be shown at this point in time. Taylor can come in and do some things off the bench. Simir can occasionally come in, do things off the bench in terms of composure and pacing and things like that, but you sort of found your five to seven that are going to be in stride, and it took a while because Bayheim had a lot of names this year to work through, but they have finally sort of figured that out, have understood where they fall. And it seems like everyone is starting to figure out their role and what they can do uh, down the stretch for Syracuse. That's where we'll leave off on Twitter. And that is where we will leave off for today. Syracuse gets its best resume building win of the season. If you are not quite done with us, you want a little bit more in terms of your basketball, fill. We want to first thank you for making Locked on Syracuse your first listen today, but we've got the place to go for your second listen. It's Locked on College Basketball. You can hear from Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I will close this by saying, Elijah Moore almost had a triple-double today. That's the future right now. That's what's coming in in two years in Syracuse. In the picture for possibly another massive 2022 recruit. We can talk about that down the stretch here. But that is where I will leave you today. Thank you so much for listening. For more, you can subscribe by looking there. And you can find more content with a recommended video there. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. Until next time, I am Owen Valentine. And we will see you then.